Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from the Upper West Side, New York City, where we blow up the news on a variable scale. I am your host, Ephraim Guzman, and my guest today, she's a brilliant actor, and most recognizably, you'll know her from All My Children as Kendall Hart. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll give you the one, the only, Alicia Minchu. Alicia, how you doing? <laughs> Ah, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I aim to please. The one, the one, the only. <laughs> uh, how's everything going in your neck of the woods? It's good. You know, I know we're we're we're, we're fellow fellow New Yorkers here. Yeah, exactly. Just you know, enjoying the end of summer, the beginning of fall, which I kind of love. Everyone else is like, no, it's the end of summer. It's depressing. I'm like, no, it's the end of fall. I get to wear my my boots and my hat. <laughs> For me, it's about the fashion. I get to wear my, my sexy boots. So I'm like, I'm like excited for fall to come. Uh, are you not, not going to miss the summer at all? Like, you know, wearing like basically skirts and shirts if you do wear that? or. Oh, I love summer. No, don't get me wrong. I'm from Florida. Yeah, I'm oh, from yeah. Florida. So, yeah. So I like live for the summer. But then after, you know, and I wear my little sundresses. But after a while, I'm like, you know what? It's nice to have that change, that, that feeling in the air and, and getting your little cozy boots on, your little hats. And, and I don't know. I, I, just, I just love the season. Except for winter. Kill me in the winter. <laughs> and especially right. Halloween. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the winter here in the city is horrible. But, you know, it, it, you know what's horrible is the MTA. When the trains go down just because of a little bit of snow and rain, like everything is in total chaos. You know? No, I know. It's, yeah, yeah. This, 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 let's not even discuss this, this past winter because you, you and I both lived it. It oh. was awful. <laughs> brutal, brutal. You know, people in L.A., yeah. people in L.A. have it really good, and, you know, they complain when it gets I cold. Know. You know. Why did I ever leave L.A.? I'm not <laughs> sure, but, um, no, actually, I'm, I'm a total New Yorker. I, I love, I love L.A., but I love living here. So, but, yeah, when, when I was in L.A. for, for two years, I was like, I loved it, but I was like, what season is it? Is it, because in November, I would be wearing a sundress. I was like, is it Thanksgiving? Like, what is it? I'm, I'm, I'm you know, it's 80 degrees. So it's a little, I was missing the seasons when I lived out there, but um, I got my share of them when I came back here, that's for sure. Well, compare Florida to New York City, How? Um, which one do you prefer, you know, even though you know you live in New York City now, but what do you prefer? Uh, New York. <laughs> wow. New York, but you know, let me tell you, I was born and raised in Florida, so, and I love it, when I go home to see my family, I love it, it it's my second home, I mean, it, it, you know, it's Mm-hmm. Hey, um, I like New York. I like it better than Florida. 
Wow. Yeah, I think had I not been raised there, it'd be different. But, you know, I was always at the beach. I was always outside. You almost take it for granted because it was so nice. You just go, yep, I'm going to the beach again. You know, it's <laughs> everyday life. Yeah. Here, it's a treat to go to the beach. Oh, you get to go to the beach? Yeah, go there. It's like we practically lived at the beach. And I'm saying it also beats the driving places. You know, you have to drive certain places to go to, like, your nearest right, Costco you know. or something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, now, you know, I, I pretty much walk everywhere. I'm totally spoiled and sometimes I take Uber cars. I take Uber cars. I'm such a little spoiled little brat. Uh, if it's cold out, I'm like, that's it. I'm calling an Uber. I can't deal. <laughs> um, Lish, um, what, what first gave you the acting bug? And was it your time in um, in high school? Was it the time when you, you was like in drama and stuff in high school? Like, t- yeah, take me back. Yeah. No, that's right. When I... I feel like I'd known ever since I was really young. Like, I knew, I knew when I was little, like five years old, I would put on shows for my family, and, and you know, I definitely had that sort of dramatic streak in me. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought I wanted to be a dancer, because I was also dancing and singing. But then when I, when I did my very first high school play, when I was 16 years old, mm-hmm. uh, it, was, it was a play called Working, and I played a singing waitress. <laughs> I just remember... The first time I was actually on a stage performing for people, I fell in love with it. And that was about when I was 16, and that's when I, no, I was 15. That's when I said, okay, this is what I want to do. I just knew. And my parents totally supported me, and, you know, from there, I just, I did lots and lots and lots of plays. I, I did community theater. I tried to, I tried to audition for all the theaters around us. And then I started doing commercials down in Miami, and it just kind of escalated from there. And I said, you know, it's funny, I said, one day I want to move to New York City, and maybe I'll be on a soap opera. I remember saying that. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of fun to, you know, put a goal out there and, and actually make it happen. Yeah. Was that in your yearbook? Like, you know how everybody has a little quote in your um, yearbook? What did they say about you? Right. Well, can I say, no, mine, mine was... Um, Mine was most, everybody gets voted for something. Mine was most likely to be on Broadway. That was me. Wow. <laughs> Close enough, Which, though. <laughs> Close enough. So I'll take it. I mean, God, I wish I could be on Broadway, but I can't, I can't sing and dance like I used to, so I wouldn't even dare try. But people, people knew that, you know, because I was always doing the school plays. I was always acting. I, was, I would have to miss school sometimes because I would go and do commercials, and so people knew that this is, delicious thing. She's a little drama queen. It's amazing because you know why? Because I I talk to a lot of people and a lot lot of people talk about passion and passion. They already knew what they were going to do since they were kids. And you even said yourself, you already knew that you was going to be an actor when you was a child. Um, Is it something that you've seen? Is there a family member that's acting or is it just something that you just saw on television and said, I want to do what they're doing? Like, how did that that, uh, epiphany came to your head? That's a really good question. Um, You know, I... It's funny, I didn't know that I was going to do it. I knew I wanted to. Okay. I think that that, that drive was going, I want to do this, so I worked really, really, really hard to make it happen. Because, you know, I didn't know if I was going to get a break or not, but I knew I wanted to, and my parents supported me, so I studied in classes. But I, there was nobody, you know, my grandfather, who I was really, really close with, who also lived in Florida with us, who I happened to look like, ironically, um, yeah was a vaudeville performer, and he performed with Mickey Rooney, and he um, he was from Brooklyn, from New York, and so he used to travel around and do this comedy act all over the country, and he was a singer, and 
he was this, you know, comedy theater actor. So I saw him doing this. You know, he'd never made it big, but he made his list from it for a while. I remember seeing him thinking, oh my gosh, this is so fun. I want to try this. So I definitely was definitely influenced by my grandfather. Mm -hmm. um, we used to do little skits and stuff together. And then at the end of the day, it didn't click until I, until I, like, like I said, I, I did it in high school. Um, but yeah, neither of my parents, none of my sisters, nobody, um, you know, my, 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 my dad's an Episcopal priest. My dad's a minister. <laughs> oh. That's why I'm so dirty. Oh. You know what they say about those church girls. <laughs> I know it. I know it. Yeah, he raised four of us. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I used to go, like, whenever there was a chance to perform at church, like, we would have these church performances. Yeah. I, would, I couldn't wait to get up on that stage and, and you know, do whatever. Um, so I would say definitely influenced from my grandfather, but really supportive parents, in neither of which were, were actors. They just, they could tell that I wanted to do it. Um, your first credited role was a bit part in Hit and Runaway from the age of you were 16 years old. Um, what do you remember about that experience? Oh, gosh, wait, how old did you say? 16, right? Wait, 16. 16, 16, 16. I think, wait, was Hit and Runaway was later. I think Hit and Runaway was later. My very first role, I would say, was, I was a little bit older. I'd say I was 20. 20, um, okay. And that was in, you're talking about a film? Because there's, there's, I did, I did a lot of theater, and then I did a film called Game Day, which was like my first, Hit and Runway came after Game Day. Hit and Runway oh, okay. was like, yeah, Hit and Runway was, I mean, you're right, I did do that, but Hit and Runway was a little bit after. Game Day was like the first indie film that I ever did in my life. It was my first time doing any sort of movie. It was right after I first moved to New York. It was with the comedian Richard Lewis. Yeah, Richard Lewis. And, and. I played this bitchy, slutty cheerleader. <laughs> Little did I know it would prepare me to play Kenzie years later. Um, it, it, was, it was exciting for me because I thought, oh my gosh, here, I just moved to New York. I'm getting to do a movie with, with this known comedian. I didn't what the hell I was doing. If you went game day and you watch it, you will see my worst acting time. It is, I am so bad that it's laughable. Yeah, you know how how George Clooney had um, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes as his role that he wants to forget. Is that a role that you want to forget as well? Well, you know, I don't actually want to forget it because I it was a, because the, the, the cast was great. Richard Lewis was great in the role. Yeah. I learned a lot. I had so much fun, and it was my first like movie. So I definitely don't want to forget it. But I want people to forgive the performance because I was a kid, and you know, I was still in the middle of my acting training. I was still going to my acting school, I just got lucky that I was what they were looking for, and I knew how to play a bitch really well, so, <laughs> um, yeah, so it was, God, my parents were like, wow, well, you know, they, they would never say anything bad, right? Yeah. They're always so supportive, but I, I watched a clip of it, like, a few years ago, and I was like, wow, that's, wow, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, we all got to start somewhere, like I said. Yeah. And then um, Hit and Runaway came after that, right? Hit and Runaway was after that, right. Okay. So the, the, the woman who cast me in Game Day um, was casting for another movie, and she said, it, it was a smaller role, and she, you 
know, what's cool about this is I didn't have to audition for it because she had already cast me in the first movie. So she said, I have a little, a little, a fun little role coming up. Do you want to do it? Mm. And um, I, I played this aerobics instructor. I, aerobics. Mm-hmm. Like when aerobics was very popular. I played yeah. this exercise instructor. So it was fun. It wasn't as big of a role as I had in game day, but it was nice to work on a comedy and not have to audition for it. You know, just have somebody ask me to do it, which doesn't always happen. Yeah. Is it all about connection sometimes? Because, you know, you work with one person, and if they're doing Absolutely. a film, they remember you? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I learned that. I was like, no, I, I just want to, I don't care if I don't know anybody. I just want to work hard and get some training. Well, you can be the talented, most, you know, beautiful, most handsome actor out there. Ultimately, at the end of the day, some of it's luck, some of it's talent, but you it does help to know people because if knowing 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 the right person can open so many doors for you, and that, that's a perfect example. I I did this movie with a casting director. She knew me from the first movie, so she asked me if I wanted to do the second movie, and that's because she knew me. So I learned very early on that you know it does pay to have connections, and you know just remember the people that you meet because one day you a job later on, yeah. and. Um, yeah, so that's definitely connections are they're big. Yeah, and then you know you done you done other roles in that, and then um, eventually you went to um, All My Children. So just getting into All My Children, how did that come about? Because you know you know playing a role that was originated by you know Sarah Michelle Gellar, just like you know any other role, like you know um, like um, Peter Reckle was um, Bo Brady, then Robert Kelker Kelly took his place. How was it coming to, like, you know, the role that someone already originated? Well, you know, when I auditioned for it, funny, I had been, when I first moved to New York, and this is after I did the film, I had auditioned for so many soaps, all the soaps. I kept, in, in fact, I screen tested for One Life to Live, I screen tested for Passions, I screen tested for, no, I auditioned for, I think I auditioned for all of them. Um, I screen tested for all my children, even, for another role. So they kept calling me and kept calling me, and I finally was like, you know, I'm going to keep auditioning for these soaps. I'm probably never going to get one, but I'm just going to keep going to the auditions anyway. Mm-hmm. And Judy, Wil- Judy Wilson was the name of the casting director from All My Children. Mm-hmm. And she, she kept calling me, and, and she said to me one day, she said, you know, this role is not right for you, but we're going to select one that is. And then a few months later, she called me in to audition for Kendall. Um, I, they weren't releasing the name of it. They didn't want anybody to know that it was the character that Sarah Michelle had played. Mm. They didn't want they didn't want anybody to know that it was Susan Lucci's daughter. It was like a very top secret. I think because it was a big deal that they were that they were, you know, recasting Sarah Michelle's part. So they mm. didn't want for anybody to know. So they told me I was auditioning for a girl named Candy, not Kendall. And she said she sat me in the room, the casting director, and she said, "Listen," she said, "Just be yourself." She said, "Have fun." this is a really fun role. I said, okay. And so instead of worrying about it like I you usually do, I just went in there and I had so much fun. I screen tested it with Josh Jamel, who is so handsome and so fun. I just had fun with him. I didn't even worry about it. And, you know, of course, that's when I did my best work. And then after the screen test, she pulled me in and said, I just want you to know, this is the role of Susan Lucci's daughter and this was previously played by Sarah Michelle Gellar. That's when I got really, really nervous. Wow. <laughs> and it, that's when I got nervous. And then when I found out I got it, it's like I almost didn't even have time to be happy. I instantly was nervous. Yeah. I thought, oh, my God. 
you know, I know Sarah was great in the role and everybody loved her and she had won an Emmy for it. I knew, who, I knew who Susan was. So I was nervous. They handed me six scripts and they said, learn these, show up in two days. So I was like, I was like, okay. I mean, I was, I was petrified. But, you know, I just worked so hard on the script and I just hit the ground running and everybody there was so nice. And in fact, Susan Lucci, First day I showed up, she got out of her chair and she hugged me. And she said, I watched her audition tape and she said, I, I knew you'd be, you know, the perfect one to play my daughter. And it, she was so sweet. And so immediately she relaxed me. So I wasn't nervous anymore. I just kind of went there and I, I did my, the work as best I could. And, um, you know, I did my best to try to make it mine and not copy what Sarah Michelle did. Because mm. I never watched it when she was on it, so I didn't know what she did, which is actually a good thing. I was able to kind of bring my own take to the character and not try to copy her. Mm. So ultimately, you know, I, I made it my own, which was, which was a good thing. Oh, how was it like the first year out? Did you get like hate mail or people loved oh, you yeah. right away? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, the first year, God, I'd never worked so hard in my life. You know, the, the, the amount of memorization that I had to do every night, like mm. the amount of script that I had to remember was insane. And I thought, wow, this is, this is a really, this is a lot of hard work. Some actors are hard, hard, hard working people. Um, but I would get mail, uh, I guess, because Sarah played her so strong and so bitchy and so, like, just great. I think I softened her a little. I, I think I may have made her a little more vulnerable. I may have made her a little more, um, and maybe even made her a little weaker. I don't know, but I definitely softened the character. I definitely got, I definitely got mail, you know, you're not good as Kendall, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> then after a while, I got really wonderful fan mail. It's like they, they had to warm up to me, they had to give me a chance, and then when they did give me a chance, and, you know, and the writers started writing so great for me, they got to see all sorts of cool things that I got to do. It, you know, the hate mail stopped, and it just turned into really awesome, supportive, loving, cool people. Every time and I'd even get like a completely perverted, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. I would get some perverted fan mail too. What um, what um, what perverted thing? Like what? Give 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 us okay, an example. Okay, so this one dude was like obsessed with my feet and <laughs> his feet. So he would keep writing me these letters. I love your feet. You're the most beautiful feet. I'm like, thank you. Then he would send me pictures of his feet, which were fucking gross <laughs> okay like I'm sorry but feet aren't the most beautiful things to begin with I don't need to see different five different angles of your nasty foot <laughs> so I mean I couldn't help but laugh um, I was flattered that he liked my feet but it was creepy oh so God. people were like hey have you gotten any feet mail with me um, yeah, you know yeah, so that was, I mean, it could have been more if you could have been sending pictures of other things, but. Yeah, exactly, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think anybody did that. I don't think anybody did that. No one I ever sent like you a picture of other things? Like, it was just, it just feet? junk? Yeah, the junk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I mean, I definitely had, like, people write, like, sexual things sometimes, yeah. which, you know, whatever. Like, it is what it is. Um, these were, like, the, this was 
before I would get, like, online fan mail. This is when people would write the letters and send it to the studio. As time progressed, I would get fan mail online because I have, like, a fan website. So they would send me, like, fan email online. Um, that's when people can, like, send some shady pictures. Oh. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, pictures that they would take from their laptop of, like, them doing God knows what. <laughs> <laughs> No, you just have to go, all right, well, listen, I can't, as long as no one's hurting me and, like, as long as nothing is truly offensive, then whatever. <laughs> I just gotta <laughs> laugh about it. Uh, no, and no one was ever super creepy. The, the, the foot thing kind of grossed me out. Wow. See, I think now every time I think of you, I'm going to think of a, of a foot fetish guy now. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe it was a girl, who knows, but those were some manly-looking feet, so. <laughs> like you just never know. The, was it hairy like a hobbit feet, or just... <laughs> yes! <laughs> no, they, they were exactly, yeah, they were like, they were gross. <laughs> I, don't, I can't, I don't know, I need to remove that image from my brain right now. All right, that, I'll, I'll get off the subject, that's just <laughs> so hobbit. crazy. <laughs> Are the hobbit feet, like, huge feet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like, they like kind of claws, like the, the, the nails, the toenails are still there, they're long. Oh, oh. <laughs> I think I just threw up a little bit. Okay, I'll get off the subject. Um, <laughs> going back to All My Children, what's your most embarrassing moment in All My Children? Oh, God. There's so many. Um, Pick a good one. I want to hear a good one. A good one. Okay. Well, this one's like, this one's embarrassing in that I had to do this love scene with Aiden. Aiden was the hunky English lad who played my boyfriend for a little while. Okay. And there was a scene where, this is like back when they would shoot some kind of risque sex scenes. It was when I had to like, I had to straddle him and they and they had to, they had to film me from behind to make it look like I was on top of him and like I was, I was naked. So oh, okay. the only thing I was wearing was like, thank God I was comfortable with Aiden because I said, okay, I'm gonna, I'm just going to be wearing my underwear and I'm going to be on, on top of you. Okay, that's, that's fine. Like, it was all staged and very technical and the cameraman were there and, like, it was all, it was very technical. So there was nothing, like, no one was turned on. It was, like, very technical. But, yeah. but in order for me to look naked, I, I, I didn't wear anything on my top, but they gave you these little, the little pasties to put over your boobs. <laughs> so I had yeah. my little on and, you know... I don't have the biggest boobs in the world to begin with, so I barely even need the damn pasties. I'm a small <laughs> So I had the little pasties on. We're filming this ridiculously cheesy sex scene with me and Aiden. And, I, and the director was kind of gross. He wanted me to, like, lean back. And I'm like, is this porn or is this all my children? Like, what are we doing here? Oh, so so I, I did my thing. But then, for whatever reason, the pasties, like, slid off. They were not, like, they were not, the adhesive was not sticking to my boob well. So they slid off, and here I am, just completely topless, nipples and all, for the lovely cameraman to see, and the sound men to see, and the, and the, the, the prop men to see. I mean, you know, I was like, really? Does this have to happen to me right now? So it was, I mean, they were so respectful and so sweet, and like, you know, trying not to look, but here I am going... My pasties are not pasting on. They are falling off. And so I basically, I continued the scene. You, know, you couldn't see it. The camera couldn't see it, but the guys on the other side could see it. So, um, yeah, so I basically, you know, flashed 
my, my, my little tiny boob to half of the crew of all my children, and I immediately felt very close to them <laughs> after that. So no matter which way the crew looked, the sight was unbelievable then, basically, right? It was just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they were, they were, they were like, oh, okay, okay, uh, I think they felt bad for me because they could see how embarrassed I was, but I didn't stop taping. Like, they, they slid down during part of the taping, I don't think you could see it, so... I continued with this scene like a pro, and, um, you know, when they yelled cut, I was like, what the fuck, these things are full off my phone. <laughs> you know, I was, no, <laughs> I was, I was, uh, I was embarrassed. Mm. So, but again, the guy, the, the, the crew sees everything. When you're, when you're a crew on a soap, you know how many sex scenes they see and how many men and women are running around with no clothes on? They get so used to it that, like, it doesn't even phase them. But... A nipple shot every now and then, a nipple shot will phase them. So, uh, yeah, that was like in my beginning days of all my children. Uh, and I'm winding down to the whole all my children like the last couple of days before the whole pro prospect parked and everything um was it was it like bittersweet for you because you know it, you know it's also like you know it's a family but it's 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 your job it's your profession like before you heard about the whole prospect park and everything that they were canceling all my children um how did you feel about that well i i was living in california at the time i had just moved you know we shot the last um two years of all my children in california so i I was out there with my little my little kid who was just a baby, my little baby girl. We picked up and moved out there. And I was I had already done almost ten years on the show. I was actually ready there was a little part of me that was ready to leave because I had this new baby. I never got a chance to see her. I really wanted to just be a mom and try to do other things. And mm -hmm. so there was part of me and my contract was getting ready to end. So there was a part of me that was considering, you know, not renewing my contract and maybe just enjoying being a mom for a little while and then enjoying trying other things. Um, I wasn't sure because I also love my job mm -hmm. and everybody there is my family and I love the fans and I love playing Kendall. So it was hard, it was a very hard decision for me to make before I even had a chance to decide whether or not I would stay. Mm -hmm. We got the news that it was being canceled. I, I knew, like a lot of us knew that the show was on its last leg. That's why we moved to California in the first place. We, mm -hmm. we knew that in a year or two, the show might get canceled. So I, I can't say that I was surprised because I was not surprised, mm -hmm. but I was sad. Um, in a way, it was good for me because the decision was made for me. You know, I was thinking about maybe leaving. Well, well now the show was over, so yeah. I, I was forced to leave, but I was very sad. I mean, this... There were a lot of people that lost their jobs, people that I love and care about, and I felt sad for the fans. I felt, you know, I, I felt sad, even though I was ready to move on personally. I didn't want the show to end, you know. So I definitely felt sad. It was definitely, there were definitely some tears and some days of just disbelief of going, wow, is this show that's been on for 40 some odd years going to end? Like, all my children with Susan Lucci and, and all this history is just ending? It felt very surreal, definitely. Definitely surreal. And even, even to this day, you know, I still go, wow, it's, it's, it's over. How weird. Yeah. I know. What was the whole situation? Now, I don't know if you know about the whole legality of it, but what's the whole situation with the Prospect Park? You was on it. There was on it for a while, all my children, and one life to live, I, and then, you know. 
Well, I, I think, you know, I, I did, when, when all my children moved online, when, oh yeah, and then when they said, we're going we're, we're gonna to take it and reboot it and make an online show. Yeah. I was happy for some of the cast and crew that chose to be a part of it. I was happy that the fans would get their show, but it felt weird to me. It did not feel like the show that I was on. So that's why I chose to not be a regular part of it. I did do one episode. It was fine, but it just, it didn't feel like home. It didn't feel like the same show at all. Mm-hmm. And I think the guys at Prospect Park tried really hard to make it work. It, it actually did quite well for Hulu. Mm-hmm. But I think in the end, they owed a lot of people money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they stopped, uh, that's what it was. They stopped production. That's right. They told everyone, we're taking a break, right? Mm-hmm. And, then it, and then they just never went back. So here's all my friends, a lot of my friends doing the show. Oh, yeah, we're on a break. And then they get a phone call. Well, you're not coming back from the break. I mean, we have some pissed off actors. Because imagine you, you've got this job, and then you think you're on a break, but you, the break is forever. And all of a sudden, I, and I, I believe, I mean, it, it has to do with money. It usually has to do with money. I think they just didn't have enough money to, to cover the cost of these two shows. It's, they're expensive shows with sets and clothes and a lot of actors to pay and, um, I don't know exactly what happened, but I know that they, they just quit, and there was a lawsuit, and I, I can't say that I know what happened with the lawsuit, because I don't know. I just yeah. know um left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Yeah, I know. It's, so. it, it still doesn't make sense to me because, I, you know, All My Children and One Life to Live were, like, top-rated shows. And then, you know, you, they take you guys out for The Chew. Who watches The Chew? You know what I'm saying? I know. No offense to no, people that no. watch The Chew, but come on. You, could, you, I, have, you have Food Network for that, you know? I know, I know. You're so cute. <laughs> you actually, the, the Chew does well. I mean, the Chew, they actually do well. They do and, well. Um, they, 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 they do well. There was another show that was on after called The Revolution. That yes. Oh, my God, yes. It was right. so, so bad I, I forgot about that. that. <laughs> and and now, you know, you've got these fans that are so happy that at least General Hospital is on, on ABC. But I think it's, there's a real void. Like, they're really missing these two soaps a lot. Yeah, you know, they said it was money. It was budget. These two soaps are very expensive to produce, whereas the cooking show, a talk show, is very cheap. Yeah. Um, so I think it was, you know, it seems like it's always about the money. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I, I almost wonder if they're regretting it because I think that there's just a definite void in the afternoon for the, for, um, for ABC. Yeah. Do you, um, do you think General Hospital is on its last legs or you have no idea about that? Like, what, what's your well, you know, opinion? I have, I have, I mean, I have some close friends on that show. And in fact, my, my, my dear friend Rebecca Buddy is on that show. Yeah. I actually, you know, I, I, I can't say that I watch it. I feel terrible saying that, but I don't watch it, so... <laughs> I don't know if it's good or not, but I do know that the fans love it, and I think it's doing really well because they have a lot of really good actors on the show now. Yeah. So I think I think it's going to be around for a while because it's the only one that ABC has left. They'd be crazy to let that one go too. Mm. Um, you know, if it is on its last leg, it, then it's just because you know daytime in gen- daytime drama and in, in general is is not doing well. But I think I feel like. A lot of the fans are still really enjoying GH, so good for them. Keep it on. ABC needs one soap, you know. Yes, that's the one and only soap right now. So it's just crazy though. Yeah. From three, you know, they have more than three. So you know, they had Loving and uh, oh yeah, the, right. That Loving, Loving. Remember then, then, then Loving turned into the city. The city, yes. Oh, God. Right. Yep. Yeah, that was. <laughs> 
it was like it was supposed to be like what downtown in the city, I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, the city like they're living in Soho. Yeah, and, and it's, it's not it's not Soho at all. You know, you could tell, especially you know, I hate shows when they they do it in New York and it's not New York because you know New York. Like, come on, this is not New York. Oh yeah, you know? you're like that does not look like it. They, but they filmed it here. Yeah. They filmed it right here in the Upper West Side in the studio. Yeah. They filmed it right here. But, yeah, I remember it was like this big loft and, like, nobody lived like that. <laughs> exactly. Nobody <laughs> had all that. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, they'll be in the projects, not there, because it's so expensive, and nobody works. Everybody's at the bar, and they're, like, in the mid-hours. I know, the- <laughs> but if you have a big-ass loft in Soho, you better have a damn good job. <laughs> right, you got to be an artist or something. Yeah, right, 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 exactly. <laughs> Um, I was going to ask you, too, has the birth of your daughter had any impact on your career? Has it inspired you or shaped you in the art uh, as an actor? Yeah, I love that you asked that. I have to say, after she was born, well, you know, you have a kid, you know this. Yes. My priorities shifted. Everything shifted. Like, work was important, but she was the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, everything, everything just shifted in terms of my priorities. It was hard at first, so... It, because I missed her, and I, I, when I was at work, I really wanted to be with her, especially when she was a baby. And I was breastfeeding at the time, so my boobs filled up with milk, and I would, like, leak all over the place. It was crazy. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I would always leak on set. They'd be like, cut. I was just leaking. We need a towel for her milk. I mean, I loved it. I, I was like, I miss having milk. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole other show. Yeah, it, um, let's see, it changed my career and then it gave me boobs for like one year, which was kind of fun, and that went away quickly. Um, but it also, it changed, I felt like I was able to act from a deeper place. I had something deeper to draw from, because I was a mother now. So I had, you know, just more life experience and another person to love. And so I just had a whole new set of emotions that I was able to tap into. I, I felt like, anyway. I just feel like it's given me, it's made me more grounded and just given me something deeper to draw from. So, you know, it's been a blessing. And, you know, and it's also hard because it's been emotional in other ways offset because I missed her. So we, even now, like if I, I went to Michigan last year to do this movie and I was away from her for three weeks, it was really hard. So, you know, you take the good with the bad. I think I'll always miss her, no matter what age, whatever age she is, and no matter where I travel for work, I think I'll always miss her. Yeah, especially people who don't have kids can't relate, like, they don't understand it, but it's always like when you yeah. have, a, you know, it's like you can't explain it to them once you, ha- you know, they have to have their own kids for them to understand it, but right. it's just like, right. you know. I mean, they, 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 they try to understand, but definitely the ones that have, definitely the ones that, that are parents with, that have a child that they love, and they get it. They, mm. they understand, you know, what it's like to, to be a working parent and to, to have to leave your kid. But, you know, I look forward to the day where I can take Willow to work with me. I used to bring her on set up my children, actually, and I would I would have to breastfeed her in my dressing room. Like, on my lunch break, they, my, my husband would bring her to set, and I'd, you know, I'd get to breastfeed her. And, <laughs> And then she'd, she'd crawl around on the set. And so, you know, that that was nice. But hopefully one day when she's older, it'd be fun to kind of bring her with me and, like, just have her there with me and be a treat. Did the name Willow come from the movie Willow with Warwick Davis? Was Willow your favorite uh, movie? No. no. You know what? I've never seen that movie. Oh, my what God. What is that movie about? I know. It's medicine. What's the movie about? 
Um, it's about um Willow, who's a little person, who's like a like a town magician. Um, they have to. Oh my God, it's with Val Kilmer in it too. Um, Val Kilmer. Well, I knew that. That's right. His wife, his his the, the wife his his wife that he met in the movie is on it too. Oh, I forgot her name offhand right now. Oh, um. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yes, I know who you're talking about. What? Well, now I can't even think. Oh my God. Nope. Oh my God! The book's like this is like, this is this is dead air right now because I don't you remember I don't remember the whole storyline. But it's it's almost it's almost like a, it's like a uh it's like sort of like the Hobbit mixed with like a Star Wars type thing. It's it's that really good. Weird. Yeah. It's it, it, um it has a big cult following. That's that's one of those rare movies that should have gotten a sequel and never got a sequel. Uh, people people love that movie. I've never seen people like oh I like that movie. No I. name it's a beautiful name yeah oh I, I just remembered the name now joanne wally joanne wally kilmer that's what it was joanne wally yeah joanne wally kilmer uh, yeah well i think her name was joanne wally but and then she became joanne wally kilmer when, but she met val I kilmer I on set know her face if i saw her face yeah you'll see her face but i'm saying but that's i think i don't know i haven't seen her ever since willow though but that's just so random wow I wonder what she's doing now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, are there any certain roles that you won't play, or you're down? You're down for any type of role? I feel like I'm down, and I'm down. Um, <laughs> it, it, no, it's funny because I was asked to play Willow in the Stripper role? What are you? Which role are you playing? I'm not gonna tell you. Oh no, she's not a stripper. I'm sorry, she's not a stripper. Oh. No, no, no. She's not a stripper. She's a, she's an ex porn star. Ah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and you know, I can't tell you because maybe I am, maybe I'm not. But I, I mean, listen, I don't look like a porn star. Like, 
lucidity, if there's sex, if there's drugs, it has to make sense. It can't just be, you know... Just for gratuitous, yeah. Yeah, for, for gratuitous or for shock. But, but like, if it is a really good story, then I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I thought of playing something really different that I've never played before, yeah. for sure. Um, um, I had spoke to Marcus on my show before, and he calls you his Diane Keaton. What is the meaning? <laughs> what is the meaning of that? Why you're his Diane Keaton? Well, because okay, because Marcus is a very big Woody Allen fan. Oh, don't I know? <laughs> yeah. He calls himself. He calls himself the Black Woody Allen, which I love. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever met a Woody Allen fan like Marcus. Yeah. Um, he's he's just. I mean, he is he is diehard. He knows all of his stuff and. You know, and he's such a good writer. I mean, I've read some Dave Marcus' scripts. They're all different, and they're all so good. And I know Woody Allen was like that. So anyway, Woody Allen always used Diane Keaton in all of his movies. She was kind of like his muse. She, he, he used her a lot. And for whatever reason, Marcus likes to use me, too. So he, um, you know, he's, he likes to write for me. He likes to write me possibly with me, not just but I'm saying he likes to write with me in mind, and and I love that because it gives me a chance to to maybe play some roles that maybe other people wouldn't usually put me in. But he has faith in me as an actor that I do it, which I love. So yes, so he calls me his Diane Keaton because that's kind of the same thing that like Woody Allen did with, with her. He kind of just used her in different roles. So Marcus wants to use different roles. I'm like, great. <laughs> We're a good team, Marcus and I. We're a really good team. Oh, that's great. I also heard that you like to sing, speak when you're happy. Um, what is that? What the hell? Wait, what are you... That's pretty funny that he told you that. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. So if, some, if something makes me happy, or if, if it seems to happen a lot when I'm like on set and I'm acting, I'll, you know, if, if he says, hey, you know, what do you think of that script, Lish? So coolish. She seems so cool. <laughs> oh, you're sweet. Well, I, I'm here talking to you because Marcus. Yeah. See, Marcus is a cool dude. He's a cool dude. He's cool dude too. He like you. Yeah. I like you. 
We both like you. What the hell? <laughs> it's one big like happy family. That's cool. <laughs> one big love fest. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Besides doing um, the movie roles and everything like that, would you do any, like, small independent feature? Like, does it have to be necessarily, doesn't necessarily have to be big roles, right? Would you do, like, a Lifetime oh, show? Oh, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen, Lifetime and Hallmark movies do really, really well and are super popular. Um, and I feel like every single person from a soap has done them. Yes. And yes, that's true. Oh, I would love to. I know they do a lot of them in Canada. My friend Cameron does a lot of them. And I know they, they shoot a lot of them in Canada. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, the films that I've done, you know, most of the films that I've done, they're small, independent, they're small, independent films. Um, I've done like three or four um, in like in the past few years. And they're all small indie films. But they're great scripts with really good actors. And, you know, sometimes the small indie films are the best ones because you... you Got some really great, talented people out there doing these smaller projects. Um, but yes, if 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 a Lifetime a Hallmark movie came my way, sure. I, I just like to work as long as it's a project I like. Um, I like to work, and I like to do different things too. So I'm not, you know, I I will not work for free. But you know, I I'm not closed off to that at any possibility. I'm kind of open. Whatever is out there. Gotcha, gotcha. I just want to play a word association word association game with you if you're game. I love that game. I'll tell you, I haven't played that with anybody before <laughs> on the air. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so just just I'm just gonna give you some random people and just say one word answer. How do you feel about it? Okay. All right. Um. Um. Grace Kelly. Elegant. All right. Um. Superstar Sting. Wait, who? What? Not not the wrestler Sting, but the singer Sting. Oh, the singer Sting. Yes, yeah, uh, Sting. Cool. I'd say cool. Cool. Or Barack Obama. Am I supposed to do an emotion or just, just any any word that makes me think of them? Yes, yes, any word. And on um, Barack Obama. <sighs> confused. I'm confused how I feel about him. Okay. On um, Donald Trump. <laughs> um, Ariana Grande. Voice. And Susan Lucci. Uh, class act. Class act. Perfect, perfect, beautiful, beautiful. Um, and I, I guess just just a few more questions for you. Um, yeah, I like that game. That's a good one. Throw out some more. <laughs> oh, you want some more names? Okay. Um, I like your, those. I like those. Yeah. All right. Um, your buddy Rebecca. Oh, my buddy Rebecca. Oh, she's That's my best. All right. And your TV hubby, Thorsten K. Uh, sexy. Sexy. <laughs> okay. Um, I got I got a few more for you than if you're still willing to play. Yeah. Okay, David Hasselhoff. <laughs> <laughs> um, Germany. That's true. That's true. You know, he's a huge star. He, um, 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 he he was upset. I don't know if you remember, like the whole his whole pay per view for the United States was coming out. He had the cast for Baywatch with him. He had the Knight Rider card there. And the reason why he said he didn't get viewers is because of the white Bronco that was driving in L.A. Because that time he had that pay per view, it was the whole O.J. thing. 
way. Yeah, so he, he actually said it. He blames him not being a star in America because of the whole OJ thing. Because that's, no uh, I think way. the same day that happened was the day of the pay-per-view, believe it or not. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so <laughs> random, it's so random. It is random, right? Yep. Really. You know what, God bless them. Yeah. Also, one more game for you, if you're game for this, it's basically yeah. um, Fuck, Marry, Kill. Fuck, marry, kill. What, what, what does that mean? So, you, you, either you're, you're boing somebody, you'll marry them, or you'll kill them. Oh, fuck, marry, kill. <laughs> I, okay, I didn't know what the middle word was. I thought you said, like, fuck, marry. I'm like, who's Mary? What are we doing? Okay. Or it's um, Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, and Bruce Willis. Oh. Oh, God. Um... If you want to have that option, then I'll give it to you. No, no, no. How, how is it usually? You have to do one, You have to pick which one, right? Yeah, you, you got to F one, you got to marry one, and you got to kill one. If, if I have to kill one, I'm killing Tom Cruise. Okay. If, um, if I have to fuck one, I'll, I'll, um, I'll fuck Bruce Willis. If I have to marry one, I'll marry Brad freaking Pitt. Yeah, right? Who won it? <laughs> All right. And um, my last question for you, Lish, is um, what would you tell yourself, if you met yourself when you was younger, what would you tell yourself? Uh, what would I tell myself? I would tell myself not stress out so much and don't sweat the small stuff because it's all good. Mm -hmm. don't, don't stress over the little bullshit thing because you're going to be just fine. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. Um, you have any closing words for the? Because I know there's probably a lot of AMC fans hearing this. Any, any, anything you want to say personally to your fans? Uh, I love my fans. First of all, mm -hmm. and these are, these are also fans that um that have come to me after all my children. They were fans of Beacon Hill or yes. fans of something else that I've done, and they've been so supportive, you know, throughout the years. So I just want to say thank you and um. Sorry, I said fuck so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, this isn't, you can say whatever you want. This is America, or, freedom or, of speech. Or for those of you who want a 30 or sorry, I didn't say it enough. But, um, <laughs> no, I always just, I always want to make the I wouldn't even be here with you doing this if I didn't have uh, such a supportive group of people that have, you know, supported me over the years. So, it's really the best. The fans are the best. Yeah, I know there's so much things I wanted to get into the topic with you, but you know I appreciate the time you're giving me and um. Do another one. We can do. We can do another time. Yes. We'll do. We can do Alicia Minshew take two. Oh. Part two. Part two. Part two. Okay, so you're giving me. All right, I'm gonna save the rest I'm of. I'm down with that. If fans are down with that, if you're down with that, we'll, we'll honestly take another time and we'll do. We'll do like we'll do like a part two, yeah. and we can like get into some other stuff. Yeah, def I, I definitely would love to do a part two because there's a lot more questions I would love to ask you. And, um, you know, I, I didn't even really get into the nitty-gritty stuff, but I appreciate your time, Lish. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. I'm happy. No, listen, let's... Do you want to ask me nitty-gritty one right now? Before we leave? <laughs> uh, uh, do you want to just... You're like, oh, the pressure's on. The pressure's on. <laughs> um, you know what? No, let, let, let's save it for part two. I just want people to be upset now. Like, oh, man, why are you even ask her anything? I'll... 
I'll, I'll also, we could just leave it for the next time. We'll leave it for the next time. I'll leave it for the next time then, because now we can, we can, we can, we can do a part two, part two. You know what we should do one time also? We should get me and Marcus on at the same time. Oh, that would be awesome, but, dude. Yeah, but you know what, then you'll never get a word in it twice, because him and I will talk the whole time. Oh, I forgot to ask you, um, I caught win on the internet, the hashtag Lish the Dish. What is that? Oh, Lish the Dish. Lish the Dish is a name that lovely Cameron Matheson, who, by the way, is a dear friend of mine, and he's now, like, one of the hosts of Entertainment Tonight. Um, Cameron used to call me that because at, um, at, at work, people would have a hard time with my name. They would call me Alicia. And finally, I said, you guys, just call me Lish. My name is Alicia, so just call me Lish. So Cameron used to call me Lish, but then it just turned into, you know, Lish the Dish. Like, mm -hmm. I want a little dish of her. Lish the Dish. Lish the Dish. Yeah. He used to call me Lish the Dish all the time on all my children. Then they used to say, Lish the Dish on set. <laughs> and, um, and then I think I introduced that to Marcus. Yeah. And, oh, now Marcus called you Lish the Dish, too. Every Lish the Dish. <laughs> I think it kind of stuck. I love it. It's such a, it's, you know... You can take it for whatever you want but to take it for it to mean, but I just, I love it. Have you ever seen the movie Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks? I don't think I have. Oh, okay. No, because there was a character called Nick the Dick. That's all I was just thinking about. Oh, my God. That's funny. So, Nick the Dick would be my pal. <laughs> you have to see the movie to you have to see the movie to get the joke. I don't want to really spoil it. Just see that see I the feel, scene. You know, I feel, you know what? I feel like I saw it a long time ago. I need to rewatch it though. Yeah, it, it's it's hilarious. It just reminds me of that. Like, all right, like you know, I was wondering like why did you, why you got list the dish? You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. List, list, list the dish comes from a very clean, loving place. List the dish. I'm not sure where the dish comes from. But. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. Oh, man. Lish, thank you so much, and I look forward to oh, talking to you again. Thank you. I love how we're calling each other our nicknames already. Yep. We're cool like um, that. We're both Upper West Siders. No, so. we are. My, you're, you're, my, you're my Upper West Side New Yorker in the house. Yes, exactly. Um, See, we both have that accent now. You got that New York accent, too. So. New Yorker, uh, yeah. So no, I really I love chatting with you, and we will do a part two. Um, yeah. And thank you for asking such, such great questions, too. Not, not no problem. I'm glad you liked it, and I'm glad you wasn't offended by it, you know? <laughs> and I hope yep, and I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one. Charlie Podcast.